Welcome everyone to Radio City Live. We are back with this podcast is for nerds. Welcome to the official start of season two. I say official because recaps, just like every other great show, they're there, but they don't give you any new content. We are now here with a fresh take, a fresh year, and some fresh things to talk about. And we'll be having some guests along the way to help us party. But for today, the only guest I need is the main man himself, Mr. Calvin. How are you today? How you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. Thanks for asking. How about yourself? Pretty good, sir. Started the year off, I would say, properly, because I started on December 20th as opposed to January 1st. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. I've already picked out a powerlifting competition and started training back then, so... Oh, well, that's a good goal to set yourself. What? Uh, when is it? It will be April 17th. I should know this. <laughs> <laughs> April 17th. Just up the road from here in a city in Michigan. And if that one goes well or if my trainer deems that I have good recovery time, I plan on taking on another one a month after that in another city in Michigan, which is a little further from me. That's awesome. So we're recording this on the 10th of January. So you're about three weeks into training? I'm three weeks into training and official prep starts 10 weeks out. So right now I think I'm 13 or 14 weeks out. So how are you feeling? Do you feel like you're you're moving at a pace that you're wanting, or you want to move faster? To be honest, I am moving at a pace that I feel like I should be moving, because in the past, I've never really had a goal, so I've never actually trained for a particular event, and I am learning how to do things in a sustainable way to where I don't destroy my body in the process. Because before, it was just lift heavier, and then, cool, I've hit that one number, I've hit that PR, but it doesn't really mean anything if you get injured, hurt yourself, and then you can't come back to do more. So I'm working with an awesome trainer. Um, shout out to Riley Prince, ah, Riley Prisnell and Habitual Strength. Um, and also I am going to be working with a nutrition coach um, starting this week, actually, which is scary to me only because I had an epiphany the other day, Calvin. Oh, did you? Yes. The epiphany was a couple of... I have never actually tried to lose weight. Ever. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, you've, I guess you've always <laughs> been like a, you're like a weightlifting guy, so you're building muscle mass and stuff like that. Well, I just you're realized. accumulating mass. I just realized in general, I never learned how to, I mean, to be honest, up until this last year working with a coach, I'd never really learned how to lift. I just applied what I saw on YouTube and just did it. And honestly, I've never learned how to eat for performance. I just said, hey. I'll eat leafy green vegetables and snack less, but nothing ever geared towards actual weight loss. Because you look at me, I'm 375 right now, 168 kilograms, and you would not think I look that way. No, not at all. I've, I've always <laughs> been shocked when I hear your number. I mean, like, obviously, I think it helps because you're, a lot of you is muscle, um, and that makes you look much smaller than if somebody was 375 and you know majority fat or whatever so yeah i just i looked at myself the other day and i was like huh i wonder how much stronger i would be if i didn't have this extra weight that i don't need because it's not efficient so i've decided to give myself over to people who actually know the science and not try and like pretend for the next 10 years that i know what i'm doing because i have no clue (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Congrats, man. That's a great goal to set for 2021. I uh, I hope that goes well. We'll have a we'll have an update in a few months, I guess. We will have an update, especially because I think I might need to hire a very special man to do video recording as well as photography if he's available. We'll see. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that would be awesome. <clears throat> oh, oh yes, I found him. Here he is. Look at that. <laughs> Booked. That's how easy it is to book us to do things. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we're. I'm sitting. I haven't left the house, and I don't know how long. So, any anything to get out of the house at this point. That's fair because your wanderlust has got to be going crazy right now. Oh yeah, yeah. We. Uh, I, I was like, in the new year, I was like, I, I really think maybe we could travel in the fall. And I'm like at the rate the vaccines are coming out, I'm like it's it's probably going to be next year before we're traveling. So yeah, I have we'll to see. do I have to do some light travel for work, and uh, you know I've got some feelings about it, but it's one of those things where at this point you're taking as much precaution as possible, 
and you're doing your very best. And I don't, I don't know. I've got feelings about it, but I would be careful and keep on keeping on. Yeah, for sure. Well, welcome to, uh, this is the first media club of the new year. So that's really cool. It um, is. This is, I, you know, we discussed it in the first episode of the season. Um, when we were kind of thinking of what we're going to do differently um, in season two, uh, we talked about how much we really enjoyed doing Media Club. Like, we just have a really fun time showing each other uh, stuff to watch or play or whatever. So, um, Zach also came up with the idea that, like, we should let the audience pick what we watch. So, um, Zach and I compiled a list of movies, TV shows um, that we thought would make for a uh, good Media Club. And... Um, so everyone voted um, between Sonic, uh, the new Sonic 2020, um, and The Mask. Um, so it was kind of like a Jim Carrey special. Um, and The Mask won. So that's really cool. Um, so today we're going to be talking about The Mask. Indeed. And I will say that clip you found for the story talking about weddings <laughs> when Jim Carrey was Dr. Robotic was absolutely hilarious and almost tempted me to want to watch the movie. <laughs> I know. I, I've, I talked to my friends about it. They said it's pretty good. So, um, we'll, we'll, we'll watch it eventually. But I was, I was actually excited the mask one. Cause I don't, I don't know about you, but I have not watched this movie probably since it came out. So like 20 plus years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. So I watched this movie a, a decent amount when I was a kid but also, I, um, it was on a streaming service recently, and I was like, oh, I haven't seen The Mask since I was a kid. So I watched it within the, within the last two or three months and was just amazed at the things that as a kid you don't notice and then you pick up on later on. Um, and that's what we're going to get into today, actually. Yeah, I, that is, I, you know, I took notes while I was watching it yesterday, and there's, there's, I mean, it's always fun when you see it, like, you know, Spongebob hides, you know, adult humor, and you don't realize it until you're older, but this movie does a lot of that. Oh, yeah. Um, one of my first notes is that this movie is incredibly horny. Like, <laughs> like they're just, like, obsessed uh, with Cameron Diaz and showing her off. They really did, and it, they they did, and they think they did the opposite. I don't know which movie came out before, but I think Rod, Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out before this movie, correct? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, so they almost did the opposite effect, where they made Jim character, Stanley Ipkiss, a cartoon character going after the human female when Roger, Who Framed Roger Rabbit did the exact opposite. And it's funny. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. It's funny how like they kind of played that around, because it still made it original enough to make you not make that connection, but also be like, okay, like this is absurd. Also, Who Framed Roger Rabbit would be a great one, because... That was clearly aimed at adults, and the licensing you had to get to pull that movie off, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> we, wait, uh, that that poll went up, right? Because I know we, we had that in, in the running, was Who Framed Roger Rabbit and I think Space Jam? I think that one is going up tomorrow, actually. Oh, it is? Okay, yeah. I thought that already went up. Okay, so no. cool. I'm excited, yeah, because I think, I think both of those movies would make for a great discussion. Absolutely. I, I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, that poll is going up tomorrow. That'll be Monday the 11th because I've been spacing out the polls a little bit just to kind of give us a better feel of like, you know, if we just put polls back to back, I feel like people maybe will vote and then forget that way they voted and then you know, I try to keep it fresh for when we come into it also. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I guess what we do what our what we normally do is is give it a rating and without spoilers um and then let we can get into things so um how how do you rate this movie Zach You know it's still despite the things that I found to be some disparities <laughs> as an adult um I'm going to give this movie still a solid 4.2 just because it's still a fun ride and it moves quickly for a movie that's this long yeah, I was surprised how long it was because it, you know, the typical like comedy movie is going to be uh, ninety minutes exactly. Like they just want to get in and out. Um, and this one is a little bit longer. It was like, I think it was a hour fifty. I think. Right, and it's it's crazy just because it like, it moves quickly. Like I think I like movies where, as we talked before last year, I don't like sitting for too long. But if something keeps me engaged the entire time, I don't think about how long I've been sitting. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with you on that because we'll get into it later, but I, I agree that the, the pace of the movie is actually pretty fantastic. Um, yeah, so I haven't I hadn't seen this movie in so long, so I pretty much forgot everything. There's there's a few little gags that I remember, like him in the in the yellow suit and stuff. Um, yeah, this was kind of a fresh watch for me. Um, it was kind of great because I forgot this was like peak Jim Carrey. So like, he owns. I mean, he I guess he always has like owned every scene he's ever been in. Um, but really, like, a lot in this one. And uh, the physical comedy, like, <laughs> which is what I love about Jim Carrey, is, is so strong in this film. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it, like, a four out of five, I think. Okay, that's pretty solid. And I can agree, like, he's always been one who throws himself into whatever he's doing. I remember when I was watching just random clips, I think, on YouTube, and it just showed, like, oh, Jim Carrey... Um, not method asking, but just give just giving him an, a room of stuff, and watching him improvise for like ten solid minutes, and I was like, "That's oh, incredible!" Yeah. And he just went through and just kind of like picked up objects, and just did things. It was, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, I've I've read. Um, so I watched this on on Amazon Prime, and uh, they give like little trivia throughout, and um, I, apparently this was like written way more dark. Um, and then when Jim Carrey came in, he kind of like did a bunch of rewrites and they kind of let him do whatever he wanted. And so the tone of the movie changed pretty drastically once he came in to the role. So um, it's it's very much a, a Jim Carrey film. Um, he, he really dominated it. And uh, and it, it makes sense. I, I didn't realize how close this came out to uh, Ace Ventura. Yeah, that's right. Because he was kind of back to back on a lot of things rather quickly i think yeah he was he was definitely on a hot streak um because yeah he had that he had uh he was still in in living color i think um which was i'm trying to remember my first exposure to jim carrey i think was probably either ace ventura or in living color um what Hmm. was yours i'm gonna say it has to be ace ventura only because it was either Ace Ventura or The Mask, actually, because I remember watching both of those at a very young age, especially Ace Ventura Two, when you have like <laughs> the Rhino scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, absolutely legendary! Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure those are like my first three memorable Jim Carrey things. Like I didn't watch In Living Color, and if I did, I didn't remember watching it. Um, I did watch a lot of like SNL and Mad TV when I was a kid, but. I don't think In Living Color was, I just probably wasn't cognizant of it, you know? I was younger, so. Yeah. Yeah, This I feel like this was, like, the the start of Jim Carrey's career. Like, this is, The Mask and Ace Ventura is really what kicked him off, and then, you know, he did um, Liar Liar. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, yeah, Liar Liar is a great movie. It's a, <laughs> Liar Liar is probably one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies. Um, when he goes to the bathroom, <laughs> oh, I'm going to talk about that scene. It's hilarious. He can't lie. His kid made a wish. He can't lie. So the whole... He's a lawyer in the movie. And, you know, common trope, lawyers are liars. So he spends the whole time trying to figure out a way to do his job while he's can't lie. And um, there's a scene where he has to get dismissed from court because he has to make up an excuse for why he's trying to lie or not lie and still get his job done. And an officer walks into the bathroom and he sees Jim's like, what are you doing? And this whole time, Jim's been, like, beating the shit out of himself because he can't tell a lie and he's trying to. And he looks at the officer and goes, I'm kicking the crap out of myself or something like that. <laughs> and it's just, like, that scene makes me laugh so hard. Oh, yeah. I love that scene. I really love the scene where he gets pulled over by the cop. <laughs> and the cop's like, you know why I pulled you over? And he, like, lists off, like, ten driving violations he yep. did and then he like opens his glove box and like a bunch of like parking tickets like pour out of it oh man that, that movie's great um cable guy was was fantastic um i don't know if have you seen that with um uh ben stiller directed it it's got matthew broderick he's like a creepy like cable television installer i have it's been a long time since i've seen that one but i have seen that it. movie's great um I think my favorite is probably um, 
might be how the Grinch stole Christmas, though. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, he just like uh, talk about like a tr- a transformation. That guy just like really got into that role. Yeah, and I think this was the time too before. I mean, other than Disney movies, you don't really see a lot of like mainstream actors voice acting animated anything because they would try to do live action and he did a lot i will say that's like the best live action version of the grinch i don't think there have been any since then i don't think they've even tried to go back to it. i think everything since then has been animated yeah they had the there was the animated one that came out a few years ago with um benedict cumberbatch i didn't particularly like that movie um i didn't watch but it. I, it's so hard like i i feel like the the Jim Carrey one is kind of the gold standard, so it always gets compared to that. I can agree with that. Um, I actually didn't know that this... So you mentioned how this is a darker, or the mask was meant to be darker. Um, it was originally from Dark Horse Comics, or at least based on characters from Dark Horse Comics. So I'm actually curious to see what the comic version of the mask was supposed to be. And also, this film came out in 1994. I was four years old, so I have no idea what else like I was exposed to and watched when I was younger, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this movie, so I was one year old, um, and yeah, so I must have watched this on, like, tape or something, like, we rented it from a video store. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those that, like, I feel like, I don't think my parents watched it with me, because I think they probably would have been a little disturbed by some of the stuff in this like the first the first like really bad one that i that i have notes of is like he's getting chased by those gang members and he's already wearing the mask at this point so he's like transformed um but he's doing like balloon animals for him he's like a he's like a circus um (laughs) clown or whatever and he pulls out a balloon and makes like a giraffe or whatever and gives it to the to the gang guy and then like pulls out another balloon but it's actually a condom and it looks used and i was just like holy shit there's no (laughs) way there's no way i picked up on this when i first watched it yep i didn't get that one at all (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) yeah Uh, no i had wow nope didn't know (laughs) (laughs) you know on, on the pace like uh it's it, it is really fast paced, which I really like, and and I think it fits with Jim Carrey's style um, and the way he moves in this, because um, like I think within the first like, it's less than twenty minutes probably. I I don't have the movie pulled up here, but I think within twenty minutes he has the mask. So like, the plot is moving along pretty quickly. Oh yeah, I think it's really odd too. Like one of the things I thought about. What I mentioned why I pitched this movie in the first place for a suggestion. This didn't take place on many different locations or sets. It really... It's supposed to be a, a city, but realistically the movie shot at maybe three or four places. And I think those are mostly sets. Whereas you have movies now that pan over these huge expanses and you go through like different parts of the city and there's traffic and there's driving and there's people. There wasn't a whole lot of... like location movement and the story was still being able to the story was still told while being encapsulated in a relatively small space yeah totally i, I feel like early early mid 90s was like when we got all those like b-roll like helicopter shots of a, a city like that's how we move the plot and like that's how we set where we're at and i feel like this movie didn't really fall into that trap at all like you're right there's like his work, which is the bank. He works at a bank. There's his apartment. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to cut that. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's the bank where he works. There's his apartment. Um, there's Coco Bongo. And, like, the the gang warehouse, I guess, is, like, that's, like, pretty much it. Yeah. And you have, like, the police station and, like, the alleyway. But the alleyway, I mean, you can tell what's a set and what's not for the most part and it's kind of crazy to be like wow you know they were able to create this story realistic for the time period and pull it off and i don't know what they would have to do to bring the mask into 2021 which i'm glad they didn't do because there were some subsequent mask movies they were all fucking terrible so yeah i was gonna ask if you had seen them because i have not no there was just no point like I was disillusioned as a kid because I watched these mainstream movies and then the cartoons at the time, I guess they still do it now, I'm not really sure, but the cartoons at the time, if a 
cartoon was made into a movie, generally the voice acting was pretty on point. But if a movie was made into a cartoon, you could tell the very slight differences between voice actors in a cartoon versus in the movie. So I will say I did watch the Mask animated series, and that kind of it, it kind of sucked. Also, because Stanley Ipkiss normally he's just a fucking banker, right? So he doesn't have any powers or any like reason to get into trouble all the time and put on the mask and be the hero. You know, like yeah. there's no reason for it. And in subsequent movies, it just didn't make any sense how everything was happening in the first place. And you know, it's just it's just dumb. <laughs> so what's the the what's the plot of the cartoon? Is it just like a weekly episode of like him kind of fighting crime, or what is it? It really is just weekly episodes of the movie, continuing to play on and trying to give a deep character analysis of how Stanley Ipkiss is a good guy and how he doesn't need the mask, but he has to have the mask, and there's still crime in the city. I don't honestly, from what I remember, it was so. I just remember him transformation trans, transformation. I remember him transforming in the scene, and that's pretty much what it came down to. It wasn't like a... It, it was one of those things you watch just to get over with it and wait for X-Men to come on. <laughs> <laughs> or, gar, or Gargoyles, which is a supremely... Uh, it was a great show that Disney never finished, which is really unfortunate. It was, you know, I, I always hear that show come up in conversations, and I really liked it, but I don't think I watched enough to, like... there. I think there's some real diehards for Gargoyles, and I need to... I need to finish that show. That's the thing. You can't really finish it. Did, so did they cancel it and you just like, they didn't get to finish their storyline or, or pretty much. Yeah. That's a disappointment. It's super annoying, but I will say it was still a, for me. I liked gargoyles because it was, you know, I was only allowed to really watch Disney crap growing up and I didn't like any of that stuff. Like I did Disney, I, I like some, like, my favorite Disney movie is probably Emperor's New Groove, because the one movie where I don't hate the singing, because it doesn't really matter, and it's not a slowdown of the movie. It's like, no one's stopping the movie to sing some sad-ass song about some bullshit I don't care about. <laughs> it's, David, <laughs> it's David Spade being a dick, and John Goodman being everyone's favorite person, and I can get down with that. I do love that movie. It's, it's so solid. We just watched it oh. last night, actually. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We went and yeah, got, I, we, we made a date night out of it. We went and got Thai food, came home and watched The Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Oh, Thai food sounds really good right now, actually. There's a place in uh, Plymouth, Michigan called Thai Ocha. Maybe that'll be our shout out for today. It's actually a great, solid place to go. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to put that on the list. Um, so, yeah, I, speaking on the, like, like, he's a nice guy... That seems like what the like message of this movie is. He feels like kind of like one of those like incels that's like, I'm a nice guy. Why won't anyone date me? Type of guys. But like, I mean, that's you know, I don't know. That's the, the, true. It, I forgot about that. That's one thing that didn't age well to me because I was like, dude, what the hell? Yeah, because like the <laughs> so the first scene of the movie is like he brings one of his coworkers like a a ticket to some play or something that's sold out and like. She's she's like, oh, this is so nice, and he's thinking it's like going to be a date or whatever, and she's like, well, I have a friend in town, and I'd really like to take her. Can you get another ticket? And he's like, no, they're sold out. She's like, well, I can't just let her like sit at home. And he's like, oh, you you guys just go. And he's just like, he, it's so whiny. Like every every opportunity he has to get with a girl, I feel like he just like screws himself. And he's like, oh, I'm such a nice guy. Why won't anyone date me? I'm like. Yeah, that's like I I vastly prefer him as the mask to like him without the mask on. <laughs> well, yeah, because he just plays this like he's he just plays this. Is <laughs> I it's like those uh, those people who I consider like uh, just like the from the Fight Club uh, line, predators pretending to be house pets. Like, oh, woe is me! I can't do this! I can't do that! No one likes me! Just throwing out all the hooks to try and fish and grab someone who'll be like, "Hey, it's okay. You're a great guy, and then or a great human, and then you want to pity date them." And it's like, oh, well, you know, I finally found someone. But guess what? If you don't fulfill yourself, no one can do it for you. Exactly. So yeah, yeah he did I, piss that, me that off. That was like, that. yeah, that was kind of annoying. Um, I, I mean, I still love the movie, but like, yeah, it and there's like. The, the male gaze thing is like like super heavy. It, you know it's the 90s so like 
I, I think a lot of this shit wouldn't fly. Just like the the constant like obsession with Cameron Diaz's body, which this was her first movie, which is crazy to me. Yeah, I actually didn't know that because I feel like yeah, I saw I her either. in something else that I feel like I saw her in something else. And again, when I saw this movie versus when I remember seeing the movie, I'm sure my timeline is rather skewed. So, I mean, I still wasn't aware this was her first, you know, big deal. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't either. She was really young. She was 21 when this movie came out. Right on. Um, yeah, so I, I knew she had a modeling career, so this, this was like the kickoff to her acting career. And uh, I'm looking at the, the trivia for the movie. She had to audition 12 times for that, for that role. Um, and she only got it. She only found out she got it like a week before they started shooting, which is just, I can't fathom going for a job interview 12 times. Like, I can't think of a, a job that I want bad enough where I would go through 12 rounds of interviews. In 1994, like, let's think, consider the fact that cell phones weren't really around and you had yeah. to run home and hope your answering machine wasn't full to get a call. Oh, yeah, there's so many good, like, movies and TV show plots that are based off that. Just, like, a full, like, <laughs> answering machine. Oh, I do not miss the answering machine. I don't. And I also, like, you know, for obvious reasons, I'm not a big fan of t- the concept of time travel. But in general, the technology. I wouldn't want to go back to 1990 and be like, okay, cool, I'm here now. Oh, I don't have my cell phone. Or, oh cars right now are more likely to explode and catch on fire because of safety issues i'm not gonna tell you which vehicles go google it it's really obvious um but <laughs> the no. ford pinto <laughs> oh well uh not just the pinto but yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the only one i know of oh yeah it's a i'll say google it i'm not gonna give any secrets away <laughs> they're not secrets anymore but yeah <laughs> Yeah, I you know I, I really enjoyed the the physical comedy um, for this movie. Like even when he was Ipkiss and not wearing the mask, like there's some great stuff where he's like trying to open his office drawer and like just smashes it to try and get it to move. Like, and then the scene where he's going to pick up his car and uh, he's like walking through the door, um, and it's just like. It's a closed door, but there's, like, no glass on it, so he just, like, walks through where the glass is, would be <laughs> and trips over that. I just, like, that stuff was great. Obviously, the stuff where he's in the mask, the physical comedy is amazing. Um, uh, according to the trivia, they saved a bunch of money on visual effects because he was, like, Jim Carrey's, like, body movement was so cartoonish. They didn't feel like they needed to, like, accentuate it any more than he was already doing, <laughs> which is just incredible. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's one of those things. I was just I like Jim Carrey as an actor, straight up. I mean, you're wrong. The crybaby crap that happened with Stanley Ipkiss, I can separate that from what Jim Carrey is and can do. That doesn't bug me because I get that. Like the character Stanley Ipkiss pisses me off. Jim Carrey does not. Um, but I will agree that the way he they made him like that was hilarious. And also, let's consider let's consider this. This is a constant topic of our podcast. If the mask was made now, would they really play up the whole this is a dorky guy way in the same way? Or would they have Jim Carrey have six pack abs and some thick frame glasses with his hair slicked back? Um, yeah, I, I could. I mean, I, I think that more now than in the 90s i think actors sell movies more than more than anything like they have algorithms there's a reason like you know tom cruise is in every like big budget movie because tom cruise just having his name attached to a movie guarantees a certain amount of money return for the studios so um i think it would i mean if if it was jim carrey yeah he would have a six-pack like you know, it'll be it would be similar to like, because like I feel like they did this in Bruce Almighty. They like showed his body off a bit more. Like, I th- I think they have to like sexualize actors even more now in some ways. Um, you know, not as blatant as they did in this with Cameron Diaz, but yeah, I I think uh, I th- I think they would sexualize him a bit more. Well, I just meant more but, so of how since being nerdy is more popular now. Would they just make him a hipster? Oh, that's... Yeah, that's a good point. Probably. Yeah. He doesn't, like... 
it's it's weird so like his character they make him seem like nice guy nerdy but like really the only time i see that is like when he's at home watching cartoons which i feel like is you know it's the reason he acts the way he is as the mask like he's he's playing on tropes from like tasmanian devil like Pepe Le Pew, like, he does these things that are based off these cartoons, but I feel like they don't address his obsession with cartoons that much, like... They shoehorn, yeah, they shoehorn quite a bit into this, like, I forgot, like, randomly when he goes to meet Ben Stein and, like, talk about the whole mask thing, he's like, look, I transformed, I put the mask on, and Ben Stein's like, well, you know, you're still here, you're still human normally, and he goes, well, this mask looks like it came from Loki, the Norse god of trickery and mischief. It's like okay, that's we're <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I have in my notes. This was the first. Uh, this is the first MCU film, and I will hear no more arguments. <laughs> this is this is the beginning of Loki. Oh, I <laughs> yeah, I was just like, wait a minute. I, I as an adult, I went back and I was like, wait a minute, that's that's what they settled on, and they just never really mentioned it again. They always go, okay, cool, you can only use the mask at night. That's all they really came down to with that, and that's pretty much it. You know, no yeah. mention of the Norse god after that, no reasoning, no where to come from. Like, there's such a huge plot hole with that. Like, hey, here's a yeah, mask. The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the plot logic is is very, very poor. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I guess we should go over, like, there are, like, some... Okay, so like I don't I'm not really sure what the mask does. I guess he has some like superpowers technically, right? Like he's immune to like bullets clearly or like bullets do not affect him as much. Um he's not as affected by the physical world like it seems like gravity doesn't have as much of an effect on him. Right. Um very interesting the like seeing how, how he can like defy defy logic while wearing this thing um and and i do love that like basically every time like after he wears it he has like the next day like type hangover moment where it's like <laughs> oh god what did i do last night yeah <laughs> <clears throat> there's <laughs> like the the first time it happens he like wakes up and then he like goes outside and the the cops are there because like he had like smashed a hole in in his uh, landlord's floors and like basically attacked her, and he's like, "Oh God, did I do that?" And I think he killed. I, her. I just I love those moments. I think he killed her dogs too. Oh, did he? Oh, I mu- I must have missed that when I was watching it. That's super dark. <laughs> yeah, and like attack is very uh, broad, you know. Like I don't know <laughs> what that meant. Um, and also, I don't, I just realized something too. I don't think he gave the money back. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> Did he ever get his car back? He had a better car at the end. He had like a convertible. I don't think he gave the money back. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Stanley, you're, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, in... you stole from your own workplace. <laughs> I mean, but could you, could you just be like, oh, hey, I'm going to walk in real quick with this bags of cash I robbed from a bank. And be like, hey, I don't know where I found this, but, I mean, I don't know. I just realized he never, like, the cops went to his door and everything, but he never gave the money back or the weapons, I don't think. That's another plot hole. He had, like, weapons in his house from that. So Yeah, oh, that scene was, uh, that was, like, anxiety-inducing for me was when he was, uh... When he had stolen all the money and the cop like comes in, I was like, "There's no way he can hide that much money," um, <laughs> and I, I refuse to believe that he got all that money back in that closet. Oh yeah, um, there's no way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I so like is when he wears a mask. Obviously, his personality changes drastically. So, is he? Do you see himself as like completely in control of himself when he's wearing it? I feel like it's almost like a, almost like blacking out to, not blacking out, but browning out. <laughs> it's always sunny in Philadelphia <laughs> when you, um, he's aware of some things, but not really fully in control. Cause he did mention that when you put on the mask, it brings out like your base desires and your, or your, your latent personality traits. So like for him, he's a hopeless romantic or some other bullshit that he said, 
So it brings out like the ladies' man in him or the confidence he doesn't have normally. So it's alcohol, basically. The yeah, mask, the mask say, is yeah. alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just getting drunk and he needs to admit he's got a problem. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he's hitting too much of the mask. I will yeah, say, right. too, that after the first time, I was after the second time is when he really was trying to like not rely on it. So I thought that shows a bit of that showed a bit of backbone, and I appreciated that. He seemed like he seemed more reluctant to actually use it um, on himself. I will say too. So like he mentioned that it brings out your bit more base desire. So I would imagine that at some point he is a somewhat cognizant of what happens. Um, yeah. But I don't know, they never really address, like, to what degree anyone's aware. Like, it seems like when the villain of the movie, uh, Mr. Dominic, I think his name is. Um, it's that gangster guy, right? Yeah, the one who's, like, a gangster in every single movie. He was also in Pulp, yeah. also in pulp Fiction. Uh, I, was trying to, I was trying to place him. I'm like, I've definitely seen him before, but I didn't know what he was from. Oh, he's Zed, my dude. Mr. Peter Green. Dorian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dorian, Dorian yep. Terrell. Um, Zed's dead. Yeah, Zed's dead, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he... So it seems like when he put the mask on, it didn't seem like he went into, like, a... I mean, granted, he was, like, the villain of the movie. It didn't seem like he really, like, lost control of himself. He was just like, oh, sweet, I've got this power. Everyone yeah. else is fucked. So, yeah, he looked like a yoked out... like He looked like a, an Urukai from Lord of the Rings. But <laughs> oh, yeah, he was like sure. way beefier than like his normal body, which doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, no. Because like, the mask doesn't, isn't supposed to like change your face structure, but it clearly changed his. It definitely looked like some botched plastic surgery. And I think it did a great <laughs> job of showing like... If this mask is supposed to be the mask of Loki or whatever, the individual's user does shape what that becomes you know so i thought that was interesting and i was wondering too like he put the mask on for like once because he had it for the night at the club i was wondering if like when he took the mask off would he have that same like hallucinogenic effect like he didn't know what he was doing because it looked like when he got arrested he was like still cognizant you know yeah yeah there's a there's a bit of an inconsistency there um I, I will say, you know, on the, the mask and, like, the visuals, I feel like the visual effects are, are pretty good in this. Oh, I agree. Especially the, the blending of, like, the cartoon stuff into the real world. That was probably some of the smoothest stuff, you know, for the yeah, time period especially. Yeah, the scene where he um, where he dances with Cameron Diaz and then the gangsters come down and start shooting at him and... And we get the first real bullet time scene in a film, <laughs> right? Because he's just like he's like dodging bullets and shit. Um, like that stuff looked really good. Like that stuff, I, and I think it helps because it's the tone is clearly set to be cartoony. So I think we all expect the visuals to kind of look like that. But I do feel like some of that stuff holds up even today. Like when he puts on the mask and it like is reshaping his face and there's like all these like all these movements happening around his head and stuff like i just feel like some of that stuff holds up pretty well oh yeah even the scene where the storm clouds form over dorian's face when he puts the mask on because he's evil i guess (laughs) that kind of holds up too (laughs) that was like storm clouds inside a limo i believe um i think one thing to mention too is that since it brings out the user's most base desires Dorian overall knows who he is and doesn't have like a deeper or at least is portrayed to not have a deeper version of himself. He's a bad guy. So maybe he had more control because he wasn't like out of touch with the asshole that he is. Yeah, that's a good point. Um it, you know, something something I really enjoy about like rewatching old movies that I watched as a kid is like finding actors um that I know now, um, but didn't realize who they were like back when when I was watching it. So like, like you mentioned, Zed from from Pulp Fiction, um, Ben Stein is great in this. <laughs> like, I, I had seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off way later, um, but like going back and watching it yesterday, I was just so I love that scene so much where he's on, being interviewed about the mass stuff. All I could think of was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Absolutely. And actually, I didn't know this until I looked it up, but his friend, um, Charlie, is Richard Jenny, who was a very talented comedian and also was on another show that I really enjoyed um, called Dr. Katz, which was an animated... Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I 
it's unfortunate, you know, we lost him a few years ago, 2007, I think, uh, he just, you know, he just checked out, and that's what it was, uh, so, it was awesome to see him, uh, kind of like a blast from the past, didn't know he was, actually didn't make the connection that that's who it was, and I've always enjoyed his comedy, so, you know, shout out to his family, um, and everything, but yeah, I agree, just people who, like, we didn't know, like, and making that connection, yeah. like, what they did back then. Yeah, there. Um, uh, Reg um, E. Casey, he's like one of the uh, the gangsters. He gets shot pretty early on, but he's <laughs> kind of that, that actor. Kind of typical for that time period for uh, certain actors. Oh uh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> God, that's so sad. That was um, one of the things about the movie. I was like, oh man, this is this is glaring right now. Yeah, there's literally like <laughs> he's the only black person in the movie, and like right away he's like the first guy to get one. He's a bad guy, of course. <laughs> yeah. Two, he gets like shot right away and dies. And then there's a scene where Jim Carrey has to like convince the cops to not shoot, and he breaks down and sings that song. That I think it's a, uh, I don't know what song it is, but it's clear it's a Latin song. And I'm just like, man, this is, this feels weird. This feels yeah, yeah, really weird. <laughs> yeah, some of the comedy would certainly would not fly now. Um, I mean, it's crazy it's, when you think about it, because even some stuff from The Office would not fly today. Oh, dude, I, we, my wife and I were watching <laughs> The Office um, the other day, and we were watching the episode where everyone's trying to set Michael up with a girlfriend. And, or, or, or no, um... Shoot. What's her the oh. older woman? Oh, Phyllis. Phyllis. She's like, well, I have this girl. She's really feisty. And uh, he's like, well, what do you mean? He's basically like asking her, like, is oh. she fat? Yep. And that's, yep. He's like, would a normal sized rowboat hold her without capsizing? And I was like, this would never oh. fly today. Dude, there's oh. so there's so much. I just didn't, I just didn't know. Like, it, to me, we watch The Office so frequently that I think about wait this happened quite a while ago this show <laughs> like when it first yeah, came out i never the watched office it. was like 2005 i think when it started yeah when it first came out i didn't watch it i had no interest in the office whatsoever <laughs> oh man yeah we're that's funny we we're just talking about that how the office would not fly today probably oh not at all and let's be fair i props to everyone on the show I didn't continue watching The Office for a long time after Steve Carell left because I saw no point in doing so. Yeah. Because I didn't care. And then my wife was like, look, you're you're fucking up. You need to finish it. And after some convincing, which probably took a year, I did finish it. And I was like, okay, I'm glad I finished it. There were some definitely some class scenes that I missed if I hadn't finished it. I, yeah, I honestly, I really like the 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 moments where andy's running the office like i i do like some of that stuff and and i honestly think like it's the perfect series finale like i think it wraps up things really well i agree i absolutely agree Uh, like i like i remember watching the series finale live and like getting a little emotional like okay spoilers for the office um the show's been out for a while but like (laughs) when michael shows up at the wedding i was like oh god damn yeah like this is this is hitting me in the feels right now greatest prank ever oh yeah right oh so good when uh jim's like i can't be your best man it was so good oh i just (laughs) i love i love that shit anyways so the one black guy in the mask he's actually a very famous actor he was in the wire um more recently, if you'd watch uh, House of Cards, he was a pretty uh, important character in that show. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. And uh, it's it's funny. I, I know him more from probably from uh, his, his role in a children's TV show than his frequent Adam Sandler uh, film appearances, but the, the dad from Boy Meets World is in this as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, did you watch Boy Meets World? I, not enough to be able to tell you. I know what I was talking about. No. Uh, okay. So, did you know um, the main character's friend, Sean? Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. He, so he's the dad in in that. He's like an alcoholic. Um, well, but funny. he's also like he's been in a bunch of Adam Sandler movies, like The Water Boy. Um, he was in Fifty First Dates and stuff. So. Okay. Right on. Yeah, so th- there's a lot of good cameos in this, and and honestly, I think Cameron Diaz's his performance was actually really good. Um, you know, given given what she what she received from the script, so you know, it's pretty funny. Back then, these weren't cameos. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, these are <laughs> yeah, these are like legit roles. Like, and apparently Jim Carrey only made what did what did the trivia say? He made four hundred thousand, I think, off this role, which I guess was a steal back then. I mean, with inflation, yeah. I mean, it's definitely four hundred thousand in nineteen ninety four. Gas was still like under a dollar, right? Oh, dude, remember that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was high school for me, so like 10 years ago, I could get gas for 150 in California. And then by the time I started driving, I was like, cool, it's $4 now. That's weird. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like, so I guess they signed this contract before Ace Ventura came out. And uh, obviously he exploded after that. And I guess the next movie he signed after The Mask was Dumb and Dumber, and he made uh, $7 million off that, so they, they got a really good deal on him. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and realistically, too, like I, I'd have to go back and do some anal- some cost analysis to see what 400000 Wow. Okay, so not that much, but $400,000 in 1994 is about the purchasing power of $702,000 today. Yeah, that's, that's still a steal for peak Jim Carrey. Oh, I mean, yeah. For sure. Um, but so the budget of the movie was um, between eighteen and twenty three million. Really? Um, yeah, that's pre pre marketing. So we usually usually double it. So let's say like we'll say forty six million, and the return on it was uh, th- over three hundred and fifty million. So they they did well. I'm I'm, <laughs> did, sh- yeah. I'm shocked it took them this long to do a, a, the sequel which is the son of the mask with uh, <laughs> fucking jamie kennedy yeah because um, that came out like 10 years later yeah um, that, that was a box office bomb that did terribly well i think the only thing they tried to kill the only thing they carried over from son of the mask was the dog oh is it the same dog is it supposed to be the same dog if, if i don't remember exactly but it looks exactly i think it's this, also a scottish terrier and i just no like the movie came out in what ten years later, so nineteen two thousand four. If they did a second one, I would prefer to see Richard Jennings don the mask because he did dive in to get the mask right after, and because of the character he played in the first mask, I couldn't see him giving that up so easily. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I, I, no, no, I just, I just forget that wouldn't even exist. My own Jamie Kennedy experiment was making sure that I forget about Son of the Mask. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, but I did love Jimmy Kennedy's show. That was one of my favorite shows to watch growing up. Was um, I never Kennedy watched show. it? I think I think the only Jamie Kennedy thing I watched was there was that god awful movie where he was like a wannabe rapper. <laughs> um, I can't remember. I think it's like oh, oh I forgot about that. Like that. Was Malibu's Most Wanted? Oh, oh my god, that movie is so oh, atrocious. It's so bad. And it's crazy. It's really bad. Because it, it all ends with the same stupid trope. I want my parents to accept me. No, you're not like me in my corporate world. Well, I'm just trying to be real out here. And it's okay, cool. That's good for you, dude. And then by the end of it, the dad gets to some stupid-ass trouble where the son's hood ways, I guess, like save him. And he recognizes how good his son is. And they bond. And then the dad gets a little more hip. And the son gets a little more serious. And everyone has a good old day at the end of the stupid ass hour and a half movie <laughs> i cannot believe the cast that they got for that too because fucking tay diggs is in it uh, oh my god right. snoop dogg is that's in it. right oh my god <laughs> nick swartzen is in oh nick swartzen uh terry cruz is in it mike epps oh yeah that movie was really bad i i, I really just uh, that's one I realized was bad like as I was watching it and I was a little kid I was like this is not a good movie there's no way this is good <laughs> I think for me because I was from I'm from California it was one of those things that like you just kind of still saw so it was like a breakdown of like people who just wanted to be hood so badly and from someone who grew up in that area and the reality of what that means I never understood why someone wanted that lifestyle. Yeah, I was going to ask, so were there, like, actually people in California that were like this? <laughs> yes, people everywhere like this now. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess that's true. Especially I, now. I didn't know if, like, when the movie came out, if that was, like, a real thing. Oh, yeah. People who have money who want to talk like they're, I don't know what people say, they're flexing or whatever the hell people do these days. Like, absolutely. And it's just absurd. Like, 
you want to take your pictures and you want to look like you're tough or you're I don't get the concept of the tough hood pretty boy. Those things, while they may exist in the wild, first of all, those guys can actually fight. Second, you're just a poser, and that sucks. Everything about you sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, if it's listen, if someone's like, hey, I like gold chains, I like whatever kind of music, I'm out here doing whatever, and that's who you really are, fine. But in Malibu's Most Wanted, <laughs> you... There's no way in hell you can tell me that's exactly who he was. I don't... No one talks well, like no, that. Well, no, because he's like... The, the movie, he's like... He's like a rich kid. Which also is still a thing. I mean, people just want the look and the... the I guess the rep or the street cred, whatever the hell people talk about these days, to do whatever. You you will have plenty of people who just want... I don't know. I can go on this for a while. It's just annoying. <laughs> yeah, and sorry, I derailed us with the no. Uh, it's fine. The most it's, it's, <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like it's pervasive in any culture, any type, any anything, where people want the look and not the work or the effort. And yeah. I'm not for anyone who's going to try and at me and be like, oh well, you know, like this is how I feel about what I, you know, I, this is what I'm about. Okay, that's good for you. I'm not talking about you at all. Go watch the movie, yeah. and then we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> to get back on topic, I, I will say I find it interesting that Cameron Diaz, or what, what's her name in the movie, Tina? Tina, um, yeah. Odd that name. she wants, <laughs> yeah, uh, that she wants to end up with, with Ipkiss, because, like, she she talks about how, like, he's the only one that doesn't, like, sexualize her but he, when... But he does. But he does the <laughs> entire, entire movie. I'm like, that does not fucking make sense, because she's like... So, like, one of the the points of the movie, which this reminds me so much of Spider-Man, is, like, the girl is interested in the, like, quote-unquote hero, um, and not the, like, the geek that is, that is playing him. Right. And, like, like, as the mask, he, like, sexualizes her during her, like, whole performance. Like, there's a literal scene where his jaw drops to the table, And his tongue runs the length of the table. And I'm like, it doesn't add up. Like, he sexualized her the whole movie. Well, not only that, but I was thinking, she saw him while while she was performing. Did she not think, wow, this dude's head almost came apart and a tongue came out? This is kind of odd, but I'm kind of into this. I think her character is a switch. And that's why she wanted to be with Stanley Ipkiss, who was probably a sub. And... You know, as we can all accept, Dorian Tyrell is a horrible dom because he did not care for the people he was doming. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the whole... The the things that make the mask work are awesome. The things that they use to try and stitch the mask together are really flimsy, but probably perfect for 94, when things didn't have much depth, much reason, or much reason to care about other people. <laughs> yeah, I can pretty much guarantee I would not have liked this movie if it were not for Jim Carrey. Okay, okay, here we go. Question. Who, if you had to recast the mask, Ooh. knowing what you know now, in 1994, and Jim Carrey was unavailable for whatever reason, who else would you put in that role? I don't, like... Okay, so we're still in 1994, so I need to pull an actor that's, that is around in 94. Correct. Um... I don't know who could touch him with, like, the physical comedy. Like, when did... Uh, hold on. Uh, when did Chris Farley die? I think it was the late 80s. Was it? I think so. 97. So he could have been in this. I, I think it would be Chris Farley. Okay. I think... I think you could even get, like, a Jack Black. Like, early early career Jack Black. Okay. Um, yeah, what about you? I The only person that comes to mind to get even close, and probably because of a Disney movie, actually, which I forget about sometimes because it has singing in it that I don't care for, but um, <laughs> why did I space on his name right now? Robin Williams. Oh, that'd be really good, yeah. He would be great in that. I feel like I'd have to change the cast up a little bit more, though, just because like I feel like to play off of a bad guy like Peter Green, I'd need a different villain. Like someone who's a little more suave and dangerous instead of just being overly gangstery dangerous, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. you, you have to play off that ping pong pretty well. Like, I feel like this is such a huge gap in, like, 
obvious good guy and obvious bad guy, but Robin Williams had such kind of like class, even to like what he brought. His energy was just different than Jim Carrey, so he I would need a villain to play off of that in a better way. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't know who I put as a villain. I'd probably put um <laughs> you know it'd be crazy if Dustin Hoffman was the villain. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. He he was doing really well then. That's like uh that's a good pick. I feel like the 90s Hollywood was so obsessed with like German uh bad guys. <laughs> I I just think of like like Die Hard and stuff like Yeah, but I couldn't put Alan Rickman against like Robin Williams as as a villain. I don't know why this doesn't feel like it wouldn't work as well cuz Alan Rickman I feel like would get in there and be like more menacing than is needed for this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not supposed to be that scary. So <laughs> I was supposed to be funny. Yeah, I think like maybe even a Kurt Russell at that time. Oh, Kurt Russell would be good too. Yeah, cuz he has that amount he has that ability to float between menacing and like charming, you know? Cuz like I think about yeah. I think about Death Proof with him. He was definitely charming as a stuntman, but he was absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Oh man, that movie is something else. I have not watched Death Proof probably since I saw it in theaters. I haven't seen it since probably my Blockbuster days because I worked at Blockbuster and watched a lot of movies because we had to. So rest in peace to the brick and mortar uh, <laughs> movie rentals. In some areas, uh, yeah, in some areas. I know there's some that are still operating in smaller towns and communities. But Well, Family Videos, uh, they just said they're shutting down completely. Really? Wow. Yeah, I think COVID hit them too hard. That, I mean, that makes sense. You're literally passing things between households. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, all right. Well, um, <laughs> that was uh, a weird way to end that. <laughs> yeah, it's such a bummer. Uh, businesses are going out. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I feel like we've we've kind of covered everything um, that we could say about the mask. I, th- I think the movie's good. I think some things don't don't hit as well um, looking at it from twenty twenty. But <laughs> I, I still think Jim Carrey. This is like peak Jim Carrey. So if if you enjoy his like physical humor, um, you'll really enjoy this. So absolutely, um, yeah. Um, so what I know we we put out a poll um, earlier this week. So what's the what's the next thing we're watching? The next thing we are watching is uh, Dorondero. Am I saying that right? Oh, Dorhidoro, the the anime, right? Yes. Okay, so yeah, that, so that scene kind of... looked <laughs> that scene for the for the poll looked absolutely insane. Also, if you have not participated in the polls at all, um, let's get you doing that because that's how we decide what we're gonna watch for the media clubs because. We want to know and could talk to all of you about the things we choose. That's how we're yeah, doing totally. it. That's how we party. <laughs> yeah, so this one this one will be coming out. Um, this episode should be out on the 16th. Um, so we'll be watching... Um, oh, no, wait. We're bi-weekly. Um, so this will be coming out on the 23rd. Um, so that means a regular one will be coming out on the 13th. So we'll be watching Dorohidoro on the 27th of February. So uh, watch that. Yes. And so um, just, it's, it's really good. <laughs> just to catch everyone up too, I believe we talked about it in the first one, but we decided to go to a bi-weekly setup simply because, one, Calvin and I are quite busy people. And yeah. trying to get everything going every week <laughs> last year was super ambitious and a lot of fun, but we decided to give ourselves a little bit more space to, like, you know, syncing schedules, school, work, all that fun stuff. So, we will be, in exchange of that, though, we will be more active on Instagram and our socials, uh, talking more, putting out more random polls. For instance, like this week, I realized that a lot of you still like going and eating popcorn with movies. I personally don't care for popcorn, but hey. What? Yes. You don't like popcorn? Oh my god. It's gosh. not my go-to snack, no. Wow. That, that changes everything, this whole dynamic <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> Everybody's got, everyone has to have like some sort of contention in their podcast, right? I'm the guy yeah, who doesn't yeah. care for popcorn as an immediate snack. Yeah, that's right. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I feel like every time I get popcorn, 
there's like I find I get down and I'm just chowing on it, it's all good. And then I find one random one that's like only unpopped enough to like me bite down and like crack the actual real kernel. And that's super freaking annoying to me. So Oh totally. Oh it fucks <laughs> it fucks your teeth so bad. <laughs> All right, well, uh, join us uh, in two weeks. We're going to be talking about um, heroes that we hate but admire. Um, I think we bring some interesting ones to the to the table. I was very shocked by Zach's choice. Um, <laughs> but you'll have to find out about that next time were you, on this podcast is for nerds. <laughs> next time, cue the outro music. Do we have outro music? We do now. We do now.